Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, I like to talk right down to wrestling language that each and every single one of you can easily, well, you know, understand. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. sleeping giant long enough and it is 2022 it's the one the only your main event well part of the one the only on your 897 no no it's the one the only the original copyright is might I add Brian Rails who the hell else and Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to 2022 and the new beginnings of Wrestle Radio Network. My very loyal, down to earth, can talk wrestling all day and all night until he, you know, you get the picture. Please welcome to the show Pizza Simpson. Welcome back after the long hiatus. We are back in action, my friend. Feels good, man. I mean, I I believe 2022 is going to be one hell of an interesting journey uh, as far as professional wrestling is concerned. By the way, folks, we are no longer doing, uh, you know, the simple format of... uh, I like this. I thought this was great. And this is the next match. And that no, that's out the window. This is a brand new Wrestle Radio Network. And uh, we've got a few here and there for you as far as shows are concerned. We're just going to shorten things and, um, you know, screw in the screws, tighten things up a little bit, make it easier. So bear with us. We're just transitioning. And other than that, you know, Let's get it started right out the gate. My friend, did you happen Let's, to watch Raw in Philly? Yes, I did. For the first time in a long time, I definitely wanted to catch Raw um, with uh, everything that happened at day one. And we're getting the uh, road to WrestleMania started. I, I was interested in this week for sure. I mean, it is. It is a couple of things, folks. I mean, AEW is getting their pay-per-views. WWE is getting ready to gear up for a Royal Rumble in St. Louis, which yours truly will be attending. But that's besides the point. Um, Let's get right to the nitty-gritty. What was the good, the bad, and the ugly of WWE Raw in Philly? 
Um, first thing I want to throw out there for the good, I want to talk about how much fun it seems like Brock Lesnar's having right now. It seems like he's kind of just dropped the whole, like, big bad motherfucker, and he's just having a good time in this promo. This promo segment with Bobby Lashley definitely was something good here. I'm, yeah, I'm going to jump on that with the good from my partner. Um, I believe it was great stuff. You know, Lesnar's finally letting loose. He's not. I'm going to be a statue and Heyman's going to do all my talking kind of thing. Um, okay, so there's the good points of, of WWE Raw. And uh, there's the bad. Yeah, um, from that first segment, I definitely enjoyed that. But um, um, if we're going to jump into something bad right away, I definitely think uh, Bobby Lashley was pretty bad here, and he looked pretty bland, and he shouldn't have been doing any talking, and I think this was this was a chance to showcase MVP. I agree because MVP is the glue that holds FN's character together. He's a great, uh, great wrestler. Uh, his physical traits is like his strength, and he completely can dominate a match. Um, also, you know, I'm, if we're going to jump into bad, there are certain points in the show that kind of made me give a question mark. Like, what was the point of having the Hurt Business attack Lashley? I mean, we get it. You know, he's pissed off. He's standing in the ring, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere comes uh, – Shelton Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander, I'm thinking, okay, what was the whole entire purpose of that whole moment? That, uh, I agree with that. I definitely thought that was a bad, a bad segment. That started good and then eventually petered out, and I think that was just basically the feed – um, feed um, feed um, 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 Bobby Lashley something, and it looked like he was throwing a temper tantrum right right there. Um, next thing I want to say, uh, definitely something good. Moving on, unless you got anything to else to add to that. I mean, not particular, but let's move on and uh, parlay in the good. Um, I definitely think it's great that Alpha Alpha Academy defeated the bro the Bros for the Raw Tag Team Titles. I like uh, anytime um, Chad Gable's being used, and Otis is a fucking monster, man. He's a football. He is a Mr. Potato Head who's just slamming people. I think you're you're right because. The whole RK Bro movement was great, you know, it was very it was very much similar, not entirely to the whole Steve Blackman and Al Snow type thing, but um I just I think that Matt Riddle and Randy Orton I mean polar opposites, the track type thing was great for what it was. Uh you gotta use Chad Gable anytime you have a full of years, take advantage of it. And also I would just like to point out Yes, Otis is a total monster. It's about time he was taken seriously instead of eating a whole bottle of mayonnaise or whatever the hell he did. You know, I don't, I don't recall. Yeah. He did some, he did some gross stuff. I definitely agree with that. Um, I, uh, I don't think that this is going to be the end of the bro, uh, RK bro, but it definitely was nice to see Otis win a title. And um, something that I want to say that is bad, I really think that. Um, 
I really think that Ray, um, uh, Matt Riddle's Matt Riddle's whole like stick is really annoying, and they could just dial it back just a fucking tad. I mean, we already know he's the stoner gimmick where he's laid back when it comes time to put on, you know, the I'm going to kick some ass mode. Yes, Matt Riddle's a great competitor, but to add on to that, yeah, it does kind of get a tad bit unnerving. He's like, yeah, bro, so what's your favorite Philly cheesesteak place? Is it Gino's or is it Pat's? Ho, ho. Yeah, I really think that they they're playing up like a little brother kind of vibe and not like an ass kicker vibe because even though it wasn't as implied with Ron Van Dam, we still forgot that he kicked ass and like to smoke pot. But the whole like when he's stretching it out too long and saying Randy, that's 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 definitely that's definitely bad for me. It's also bad for someone who's got ADHD and you hear this nice, strung out, long stoner voice, and that's how he talks, folks. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that he was on NXT. Like, apparently, they take P test seriously around here. I'm not totally bashing on Riddle, but like, like my partner in crime said, if you could just dial it back a little bit, please, because it's a little too much of the stoner gimmick. We already had Rob Van Dam, the whole freaking show, educate, Mr. Educated Feet type dude. Anyways, long story short, if you could please dial it back, have Riddle do what he kind of did in NXT, but add a little twist or something, rather, it'd be great. Right. I, I uh, this, this is my first time watching Raw in a long time, and this wasn't as bad, but I don't know. It's it's definitely like it definitely feels like if I don't watch the show for a long time and pick it up after like six months or however long, it still feels like the exact same show. Um, what was the next segment? Well, let's see. There's the ugly, and there's a few uglies uh, in on WWE Raw. The six-man tag between the Dirty Dogs and okay, Dirty Dogs and Apollo Crews versus the Street Profits and Damian Priest was absolutely atrocious. Philly was like not even paying attention. They're on their phones until. They heard a few ooh-ah moments at the end with Ziggler, you know, picking up the win with a zigzag. I got to say, dude, like, my entire feeling on that was it wasn't a bad idea to have a six-man tag, but, I mean, isn't that what Raw's been comprised of the last five, six years? That feels like that they're just trying to get guys on the show, and they're trying to fill time for that middle hour. Is that was that was that on um, was that cut from Raw this week? Was that cut from the shortened Raw this week? I mean, I watched the show in its entirety. I mean, I was trying to get back cool. to the swing of things. If I'm honest, folks, like also ugly. You have Rhea Ripley and almost superhero. Oh, yeah, Nikki. Yes. I'm I'm just thinking to myself. You know what? Nikki Cross was a great idea if you guys would not have gotten rid of Sanity. But that's, you know, a long dead concept because they had nothing to do for Eric and and the rest of the boys. Like they let they cut a lot of fat in the company. I get it. But Nikki Cross 
was very reminiscent for me and kind of plays not comparison ever to Luna Vachon, rest in peace, but Nikki flowed very well as a solo in NXT when she got to the main roster. It's let's turn her into a superhero so she can identify with the kiddos. Long story short, folks, you had Nikki Ash, Nikki almost superhero, turn on Rhea Ripley, which kind of made me feel like I'm going to lurch in my own throat just watching that because that is the equivalent thereof of a chihuahua beating up on a Doberman. I'm not saying it's impossible, but holy shit, it made me go, what the hell just happened? That definitely that definitely just felt like they have nothing for those two and it just it just was kind of I, I don't I don't know. I started this is that's the kind of thing that's gonna make me not wanna watch the show and make me kinda of tune out, I, I I guess. I don't know. I would have rather have seen the uh six man tag than this uh Nikki Ash heel turn segment. Um, definitely something that I liked from this show was um I liked Seth's promo. Seth's promo was pretty good, and uh, he played a nice face heel kind of thing and definitely had the crowd eating out of his hand. You know, and also, dude, one of the things that I noticed about Seth Rollins, no matter what role you place him in, he does one thing that both companies are missing out on, missing the boat on in some aspects, and that's... uh, Gauging the crowd naturally and not trying to force shit like some people do. Okay. Seth Rollins, you know, he's like, hey, come on. I wasn't prepared, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if you want match tonight with Big E, fine. You know, get a referee in here. I was like, I thought he was going to run out. I thought he was going to dip. And then when he actually had the match, I was like, oh, okay, cool. See, I, I see that's 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 definitely totes the line of something that a face would do because a heel would have uh, bailed on this one. Um, this this um just kind of brings me into my next question, or you know something that I wanted to get into with you. Since Drew McIntyre is going to be gone from WWE for a while because of the neck surgery, it feels like WWE is completely lacking, like big time faces on both brands. And it's hard to do with a depleted roster and you know, with guys going to AEW it seems like every freaking fracking week you turn on the tube and it's just like who's gonna step up their game because you've got Edge preoccupied with the Miz. He's got an intergender tag match at the Royal Rumble. And I'm thinking, okay, so outside of Edge Outside of Rey Mysterio, outside of who's left on the freaking list? Who who is left? But, but those those guys that you the, those guys that you rambled off though can be viewed as like part timers because really, how much does Rey Mysterio have left? And who knows how long? I don't know how long Edge's contract is for and. He doesn't have that much time left either, so you can't be looking long term with those two. And you can't pull Miz out of your ass now that you turned him heel, because you know, looking at looking at the whole entire WWE roster, who are you gonna pull? 
out of being a freaking heel and turn him into a face. Like, you can't do Ziggler. You maybe can do Bob, uh, Bobby Roode, but okay. Uh, the Street nope. Profits can't split them up. The Usos, they're preoccupado on SmackDown uh, with Roman. So really at this point, it, it's it's really a toss-up between what the hell are we going to do? So I guess we'll just pull someone's name out of uh, the hat again. And, well, Seth Rollins is that guy that he just, Okay, let's let's see what he does, and it's kind of a mad science experiment right now. And even with a depleted roster, you're right. Who who's gonna who's left? Who literally is left in WWE? Really, no one. Yep. <laughs> really, the cool. way they positioned everyone on the show, no one. Like they can't really. If I think on this, folks, while I'm discussing this with my partner, I just, I really have a hard time getting behind a, not only a depleted roster, but a NXT that is completely, I don't know, defunct, it's to the wayside, I, I honestly at this point don't know, and a SmackDown roster that isn't running on fumes, it's just, it's like you watch their show and, and you say to yourself, that show's not no, no. good, man. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's it, to be brutally honest with you folks, I did I caught the tail end of NXT. I caught some of SmackDown. Um, you know, it just it's really hard to get behind a company that once upon a time had you on the edge of your seats, what waiting and you know anticipating what was going to happen next week. But now it's like you can easily sit down grab a notebook, pen, and start writing down what's going to happen before it happens on air. And that's pretty bad. Let's see. Let's see. Let's move on. Let's move on. It was was a fun thing, Edge, but I think the Edge, I think the Edge, the cutting Edge segment was definitely very, very bad and just made me just, it just took me back to a time of like 2009 where it was just incredibly boring and Maurice versus Beth Phoenix. That's just so 12 years ago. It's yeah. It folks, I, I think that Maurice is a great, you know, asset to the company as far as, you know, if I were straight and looked at as her as I can be, but to me, Marine skill in ring, it depends on what era you right. cheer for. Yeah, I think uh, I'm getting towards the uh, finish line on on uh, Raw this week because um, when you really say all this out loud, it's just really um, just unengaging and it's not for adults. Um, AJ Styles... AJ Styles, his match with uh, Austin Theory was uh, pretty good, but it was it was um, interrupted by Grayson Waller. So it's pretty cool there to see Grayson step up and get get him some of AJ to keep their feud going. I think it's great that they're including AJ on NXT. I really do. I also believe that when you you don't leave teasers or you, you have the referees do a pull apart. I think it's great. I think it's great that Grayson Waller got involved and get and put his name in the hat. 
Yeah, that was um that that definitely was that was pretty good there, pal. I did not like the psychologist sketch with um with with Alexa Bliss. I didn't really I really am not feeling that at all. I am gonna say this, like you guys have a diamond in the rough with Alexa Bliss, who has constantly evolved her gimmick from cheerleader to I am the best competitor here, worship the ground that I walk on to, psychotic bliss with Bray Wyatt, back to whatever the hell they're doing with her now. Yeah, bro. Um, it, it just feels it feels like they had something with the with the um, Kane and Daniel Bryan sketches with the psychiatrist, so they're just going back to that. And in the main event on the Hulu version of Monday Night Raw, um, Dewdrop picks up the win over Liv Morgan and Bianca Bel Bianca Bel Blair Bianca Belair, and she'll be taking on Becky Lynch at the pay per view, and I don't want to see that. So I don't. I'm. I'm gonna go bad, and to wrap up my shit, to say ugly, I the the ugly of this show is Corey Graves' mustache. Good lord, bro, what do you got to add to Raw? I have to say it wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was kind of in between. Okay, some parts are ugly, and some parts were okay. You have potential. So, my last add-on to this is. Keep going and don't stop. And please, for the love of Pete, just just figure out something with Matt Riddle. And three, Raw doesn't. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't the greatest of all shows. Yes, sir. So you watched NXT. How did NXT go? Well, to be honest, partner, I only watched one match because I came home late. Uh, I was preoccupied. Give it to me. What'd you watch? Uh, Grayson Waller, AJ Styles. How'd it go? Okay, so AJ always manages to make uh, the opposition look great. Um, Grayson Waller held his own. He just played the puss-ass, you know, heel, did a great job, you know, selling for AJ. Um, there's a lot of teasers in the match and it was just like, it really flowed really well. And I thought that part of NXT was great. I really did. Yes, sir. Um, and who, at the end, when every night came around, oh, AJ Styles. Okay. Okay. For sure. For sure. Okay. Then what? And then LA Knight came in after not being on tapings for a while. And finally, Came in, beat the snot out of Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller retreated, and that was the end. Yeah, that's cool, man. I um, I definitely, well, I definitely am never gonna watch NXT because I def- I'm never gonna want to see any of those fucking people ever. So I'm glad you did. Um, I I uh, buckled down and I watched SmackDown for the first time. And um, if you didn't watch it as much, you could tell me. You could jump in where you you could jump in where you um, saw it from. 
and I am not happy of after watching this show for the first time in a long time. Um, it started off with a great Roman. This started off with a great Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar speech, and this definitely was really good. And seeing them go back and forth um, and say. Don't you say that to, don't you say that about Paul and you know it was it was it was definitely a funny segment and that was definitely very good but it went downhill from there because um the the Viking Raiders are the new number 1 contenders and I believe that was like the last match for a while so the show took a shitty turn because Sami Zayn is locked in a feud with Johnny Knoxville of all people and this saw this saw Sammy doing some dumb shit where he was gonna do a fake jackass segment called In Zayn. Um then Aaliyah had a promo and she defeated Nettie in like three seconds which they announced as the fastest pin in WWE history. Okay, this is taking a real, real turn. So one of the upsides of this show, I would, I, I would give a plus, was um, them constantly showing a flashback to the Seth and Roman Reigns history. WWE does an excellent job of really building those building those packages and sh- making those matches seem more worth it than they really are. And um, next we got Lita and, um, and with an in-ring segment that was interrupted with, by Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair took a, took a, um, a um, um, twist of fate on this one. Where, uh, where'd you, uh, where'd you see this show from, my friend? I actually, Okay, so I saw the Lita Charlotte Flair segment. I saw the Aaliyah thing with Natty. I watched it from home and fell asleep because I was so tired. To, I fell asleep right after the Charlotte Flair Lita thing, and I can no tell worries. you, dude. No, but but I can I'll tell th- you, dude. Like my biggest problem with the whole Lita and Charlotte thing was Charlotte. Like the way she took the twist of fate, it looked like a fish flopping out of water, and it irked me to to win because that move, anyone else, you know, like Trish Stratus or practically anybody but Charlotte could take that move way better, and that's the only thing. That's my only gripe about that whole thing, and I fell asleep the rest. Okay, bro, I'll take it over from here then. Um this show pretty much, I'm going to just, we'll just say the, sh- the rest of the show was bad, okay? Um, I didn't really like anything after this. Uh, Sheamus versus Ricochet. Sheamus won. Who cares? Um, Kofi defeated, and I'm sorry, Madcap Moss defeated Kofi Kingston, and he wrestled in uh, tiny khaki shorts and uh, dad shoes, which I thought was pretty funny, and Happy Corbin and Madcap made a hilarious fool of themselves after the match. And then to close the show out, they had a promo battle between Roman Reigns and Seth. And, uh, yeah, this was pretty boring, but the highlight of this segment was Seth's sparkling suit. Um, yeah, WWE just kind of let me down again. This was not a good show, and I'd be disappointed for the fans of Omaha if they drove drove out and had to see this. 
because there wasn't a lot of wrestling on this show, and most of it was freaking. Most of the segments were talking. Was, was talking, brother. Boo on this. Boo on this. Shame on you all for bringing Johnny Knoxville into WWE too. That's another thing that really, at this point, you know, what the hell? Just because he has a movie out and he loves wrestling, you're going to invite this dumbass to involve himself in getting his ass handed to him as if, you know, the guy hasn't suffered enough. There's a lot of things that when you invite celebrities, please understand, I know it's trying to get ratings, but freaking cried, man. All I'm going to say is I hope he gets his teeth knocked down his throat because I can't stand Johnny Knoxville whatsoever. Um, it's just, it's, it's something that they've always done. You know, they, they would put Drew Carey in, in the Royal Rumble. So I'm not surprised. It just seems like they're just going for low hanging fruit. (laughs) Low hanging fruit. As if any of the producers and writers, sorry, not sorry, but if any of you had the cojones, to try something different other than inviting celebrities that are kind of, sort of, still popular by accident because this other side of the uh, Generation X wants to endear themselves and watching Jackass again. And, oh, he's on wrestling, just like Bad Bunny. What in the fuck are you guys thinking? Come on, man. Both those guys suck sideways. And you invite them to WWE. Logan Paul was a much better suggestion, even though he sucks sideways, too. But I digress. This this is a brand new year. I'm going to try and be less tangenty, but, you know, I can't guarantee you anything. <laughs> uh, they're always going to try to get some D-less celebrities, so I'm not really surprised by anything that the WWE does anymore. So, um let's get into AEW cuz we got some we got some other sh- we got some more show to get into. Um oh, yeah. if you did you did you watch AEW this week? I did. Oh boy. I'm not going to go good bad ugly in this, but um I definitely got a lot to say here and this was um this was a fun. This was definitely a much more fun show. Um, this this show starts off with a promo, which I was taken aback by because usually AEW starts off with some wrestling and uh, the Adam Cole Red Dragon versus you know with uh, Bucks and Adam Cole being in the middle. This definitely, I keep saying definitely. This is this is interesting. I didn't really like it as much because it just didn't have that much fire for me. But when um, the best friends came out and made it a fight, it, it it got it got interesting for sure. I think it's kind of like to me, and people don't hate me for saying this. It's very very much like the modern day NWO and NWO Wolfpack. Yeah, it has that vibe for sure. It definitely has that vibe for sure. Um, this 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 um this this boring this boring promo segment took a nice turn and with um Britt Baker coming out to even the score when Chris Statlander tried to stop the ass kicking of Orange Cassidy, it it, it, it uh really had NWO vibes. So I very, very, very much agree with you. 
Um, next up, we got Wardlow versus CM Punk, and uh, Punk Punk took a fucking beating for a nice while, a nice long time until he got started getting those fucking power bombs. Am I right? Dude, I think it's great. Like Punk knows how to like engage the audience, make him look like the ultimate baby is getting your ass kicked, and then all of a sudden pull some shit out of your ass and that small package was just great because MJF was, you know, the reason why that you know, uh, Punk got that small package because MJF was, you know, getting too overzealous and say, hey, I pay you to do what I tell you. Right. Freaking loved it. Yeah, that segment was fucking awesome and I, I, I like seeing stuff like this as opposed to the just the cheesy canned lines that MJF does. I think he excels in moments like these more than his promos, I feel. I know people will disagree with me wholeheartedly, but I really, really enjoyed this segment, and Wardlow really came off like a fucking star, and when Wardlow finally when Wardlow finally splits from MJF, it's going to be a huge, 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 huge moment, and I, I, I enjoyed this for sure. Dante Martin think, versus Powerhouse Ops, what's up? Go ahead, go ahead, bro. I think that MJF just reminds me. It's it. Wow, I keep reverting uh, back to wrestling history, but Million Dollar Man and Virgil—that's not a. Mm, I would say Andre the Giant, Bobby Heenan, because MJF it, has that has that feel. Yeah, for sure. Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs. This was mm. fucking awesome. Yeah, because Hobbs is such a damn good worker, and Dante Martin, you know, he has a really cool offense in this match. I agree. I agree. I think Powerhouse Hobbs is fucking money, and he is looking better and better and better and better each time. And he, he and Dante Martin have a lot of chemistry, and Dante Martin has some, some very, very innovative offense, and he makes it look so good. And I, I wanted to point out, I really felt that Dante's offense looked really good, like I said, but I really wanted to point out that his um his facial expression has gotten better. He's not just looking like, you know, he's surprised or scared to be out there, and he looks like he's actually, you know, in the game and showing some fire. And after um, after the match, Jay um, and they put the beat down. Team Taz puts the beat down on Dante Martin. Jay Lethal came came out for the save, and uh, good for Jay Lethal, man. Come out and get yourself some TV time, my friend. I think it was great, but I hope they will utilize Jay Lethal uh, in the near future. I really do. I think that was a kind of a surprise to see Lethal out there, if you ask me. I was I was surprised to see Jay Lethal there, too. I think that they kind of, like, maybe jumped the gun and split up Lethal, I mean, uh, Leo Rush and Dante Martin. So maybe they're trying to ease Jay Lethal back into that. Because I hope that Leo Rush didn't get himself in trouble. Because I don't want to, I don't want him to see him off TV. Because I, I like when Leo's there, but it seems like Leo Rush is off TV for the time being. Next, um, oh God, Jericho was out there, and um, he is horrible 
everything he is involved with, I just think he is just the reverse of he has the reverse Midas touch, and he has a Dookie touch, and he turns everything to shit. And yeah, fuck her, Jericho. Yeah, I. Every single thing, like, he has to latch on to somebody that's in the, the current moment, like Eddie Kingston. Or yeah. even Sonny Guevara. And he got noted as as faction of the year. I had completely forgotten, folks, about the inner circle. And after their little freaking feud with Cody Rhodes and Dustin and, and a few other dudes that were involved, it's just like one big freaking fucking fuck. I honestly think that uh, wow, Jericho used to be entertaining. Now it just seems like he's reaching off of people's moments, and it's like, dude, just go to the back, uh, do com. No, don't do commentary. Yeah, God no, God no. So, so my thing with Jericho is I like him, but I feel like he should take a step back and work, you know, behind the scenes and get. Well, that's not any better, so um, just just leave. Just leave. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And then um, this, uh, this, uh, the next segment was interrupted by MJF, who uh, busts out of nowhere and just goes into a screaming rage after, being, after Warlow losing that match. It says, uh, you want the match? You want the match? You're going to get the match. And uh says that everyone's going to get Punk versus Sean Spears. Fucking incredible. Incredible. What a way to work the crowd. Really good. Really good stuff here. Yeah, he's got some definite great skill as a bad guy because most heels would play to the type like, fine, you got it, but I've got, you know, some special stipulations. That'd be very WWE. But, yeah, man. Um, Next. Mm hmm. MJF is just genius. Yeah, man, that was that was definitely good stuff. Um, we then we got a super, we got a super click w- promo with the uh, Red Dragon, the whole nine yards, the whole crew, Young Bucks there, and this set up the intergender match with Britt Baker and Adam Cole's uh, taking on uh, Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. Um, next we got uh, a. Dan Lambert and Adam Page promo. Oh yeah, it's the fucking world champion. You know, dude, uh, Lance Archer. I I saw his move called Blackout. It's the reverse uh, razor's edge onto a chair, and of course, Dan Lambert. Uh, Jesus Christ. Seems like he force feeds himself out to the crowd and, and he gets heat, yes, but I do think that it's kind of odd seeing Lance Archer not wallop Lambert, but I digress. It's a great moment, sets up the whole setup between Hangman Page and Lance Archer. And at least they're giving us a new look. I felt like, I felt like it finally we are, we are we are getting a we're getting a new and fresh challenger for the world title and it was it was uh it was a big surprise so I I really 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 enjoyed that and I think this is gonna be a nice fucking fight. Lance Hoy, Lance Hoyt attacks 
Flair Tories attacks and hits uh, that blackout on the chair, and that was fucking nasty. Then we had that. Well, then we had that Nightmare Factory promo with um, with um, um, what's that fucking dork's name? Um, Lee Shoddy Johnson and my favorite wrestler Brock Anderson, who looks like he just walked in off the street. They're getting challenged by FTR, and there was a nice little tense handshake between Arn and Tully. Boy, you know, it's horseman country is what Arn said. And then Tully said, you're damn right, it's horseman country. And uh, great. I love FTR's verbal skills, and I like the fact that um, you can sense that this is going to be a good feud between tag teams. I agree. I agree. I I think that um I this will definitely be a big learning for, uh, learning match for the younger guys and um that was definitely that was definitely really good something that was good stuff there. Jade Jade Cargill had a promo moving moving on. Um we had we were well, we thought we were going to have Serena uh, 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 Sheeta versus Serena D but. Sheeta was just attacked by Serena Deeb on the aisleway, and uh, she beat the shit out of her knee. And um, I liked, I liked what I liked about this is that they sent out the other good girls or face girls to, to uh, stop the stop the carnage, which I which I thought was very old school. Yeah, and you know what? I like the intensity. I like the aggressive heel. That Serena Deeb is, you know, playing off of. I think it gives her character room to roam. I also believe she did a great job getting empathy from the crowd. Um, I do too. I know, yeah, because you're supposed to do that, folks. If you know you're the baby face, and you know she was wanting to continue the match, like, wow, you know, not only is she a competitor, but she's also a bit psychotic. The way she was fell the knee and screaming in pain. Good job, man. Good job. Yeah, that was that was a great segment, and this is building. This is this, this is building to a, a good match that I feel. Penta versus Matt Hardy was next, and um, this was surprisingly fucking competitive. It really was, and you can tell that you know. Even though, was it, yeah, Matt Hardy lost, I believe? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Penta just, because I think Hardy tried to take, no, 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 I forget, anyway. So there was a post-match drama after. Oh! Yeah. One of my favorite guys. Yeah, what a way. What an incredible segment, man. I mean, Malachi Black. Is one of my favorite AEW guys right now because he just is. You give that man any room to roam with his character, he does because it was the debut of. Oh boy! So to build this up a little bit, Malachi Black came out to get him some of Penta, and so the Varsity Blondes came out to get them some of Malachi Black. And to even the score, the fucking debut of Brody King took place. And good Lord, what a fucking segment. He looked awesome in this, man. Dude, I like the fact when he turns out the lights 
it's completely the reverse of The Undertaker where he dims the lights and he pops back up and you hear the gong. But Malachi Black, the lights go out and then out comes this big old, like, holy shit, he's a mass of a human. Yeah, he, Brody King has uh, really made an impact. Next uh, next up was the acclaimed versus Bear Country, and this is where I started the this is where I started to space out because I found a video on Facebook where it was a lion that was really into blankets and kind of taught himself to um, to skateboard. So I'm, if you got anything to add to that cold match, we can we can we can uh, add it unless you want to just go to this main event. Well, I am going to add the interesting that happened after the claims match was Sting uh, and Darby Allen uh, ransacking the whole scene. You know, Sting busting out the claims, the boombox or whatever, and then, or stereo, my bad. And then um, Darby Allen hitting homeboy with a skateboard. And Darby doesn't, you know, if I was on the tail end of that, I'd be a little bit pissed, but it worked. Yeah, I remember that now. Um, that that was uh, interesting, I guess. So they're gonna try to use the spooky guys to get the acclaimed over. Um, yeah, I'll I'll I look forward to fast forwarding to that in the future. In the main event for the TNT Championship, Sammy Guevara took on Daniel Garcia, and um, Daniel Garcia, let me just tell you, bro, is fucking dropping bangers left and right. He had a sick summer, and he's keeping it going right now. And he had a fantastic match with Sammy Guevara. You know what's weird, dude? (laughs) Okay, so during that match, yes, he did have a fantastic match. But to build upon that, dude, it's weird having Eddie Kingston and Jericho at ringside for what? What was the purpose of having them out there unless they're going to run interference? You know what I mean? I agree with I that. Think, I, I feel like, you know, they are distraction because Eddie Kingston's like, come on, bro. Like, it was so weird. And then all of a sudden this post-match shit, which was fine. You know, it was fine for what it is. It's just like, um, guys, this is an event when it's supposed to go off air. There's not supposed to be all the extracurricular bullshit. But, oh, well, you know, I digress. Yeah, this um, I I really just I agree. I felt like they ta- they just tacked that on, and um, after the match, uh, two point after Sammy Guevara won, obviously, two point almost knocked out ninety year old David Crockett. You know, it was seriously like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can you just not kill the former wrestling legend, you asshole, idiot? Yeah, as part of the territory war back then with another McMahon, but that's a different story for a different segment. Yes, sir. Um, so that was your that was your main that was your TV that was your mainstream wrestling talk of the week. So um, it was it was an interesting week. Um, it was an interesting week of TV, I must say. I'll say it was. Boring kind of the same spiel that I'm going to give uh, continue from last year and this year. It was great. I mean, it entertained and it gave us something to watch. Huh? To say the least. Um, yeah, man. So that's uh, 
that's uh the, that's um that's your indie I mean I got some indie news for you pal. Oh, okay. Uh, you want to queue up my music? Oh, snap. Um, well, folks, this is a bit of old school. We're going to transition into his new theme later. I apologize, my best friend. Um, well, enough of my babbling, but please welcome this segment. A slice, if you will, of pizza. Pizza Simpson gets into the logistics of this. We're going to read this right here. The following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network profile, belongs to the well, to the owner and co-owner, uh, Pizza Simpson and Brian Rails. You do not have permission to use, copy, reproduce the content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media. All, can, all content is protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved. Wrestle Radio Network, Incorporated, 2022. Take it away, pizza. Okay. I just want to touch on just a wee. I want to talk about the Wrestle from from New Year's Eve, and what a fucking fantastic, fantastic weekend of shows, my friend. That was that was about seven shows jammed over uh, a few days, and that picked up on Thursday at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That show, the first show uh, was... Um, Pizza Party Pro Wrestling, and that saw a fantastic, fantastic tag uh, tag match that was the main event of Jay Lyon and Midas Black defeating the salt of the earth of Matt Mikowski and Travis Huckabee versus the kings of the district, Eel O'Neal and Jordan Blade and Vi- Violence Forever. So that was a fatal four-way with the main event uh, picking up the win in that one, which was wild, wild stuff. Next, we got a mask versus mask, two out of three falls. Avery Good versus uh, Avery Good and Dan Champion defeating Boomer Hadfield and Shay McCoy. That, that was a banger, my friend. And to to uh, end Thursday night, we saw Ryan Galeon defeating VSK at Beyond's Uncharted third, uh, episode thirteen, season three. This was a great way to finish out a great year of independent wrestling. So they the a bunch of feds just 
got together and pretty much just threw a fucking party. And um, we're off to a good start. And what 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 really, in my opinion, could make a <laughs> could make a sh- uh, a claim for a show of the year on, on at the twenty fifth hour on December thirty first, the Action Wrestling and Southern Underground Pro uh, Super Show. Kevin was uh, was uh, was fucking awesome. And this saw a absolute banger between Jaden Newman out of, um, I think he's wrestling in, uh, in Alabama, defeating the former Dasher Hatfield, Avery Good, in a classic. Avery Price defend. I'm sorry, Alec Price defeated um, Adam Priest, defending the Limitless Championship, and and in a surprise fucking just. Sick match. By the way, Alec Price had a completely ridiculously awesome weekend. Next up, um, Anthony Henry went to a no contest with Mas- with Masha Slamovich, another person who had a fucking slamming main event, um, a slamming weekend. She got fucking wrecked in this match by Anthony Henry and uh, action wrestling champion, action wrestling champion AC Mack interfered in this one, and it was evened up by Slade. But AC survives the no DQ match with Slade and retains his AC uh, action championship. Sorry, I got. I'm, I'm a little. I haven't done this in a while. And the main event of this fucking awesome show, Violence Forever, Kevin Q and Dominic, Dominic Gennari defeated Tracy Williams and Wheeler Yuta in a fucking great, great match. Bro, this was, we're off to just a fucking great start. This is just a party. We're just pumping out wrestling just to have, you know, having fun, drinking beers, eating chicken wings. And in the big show of the night, to close out New Year's Eve beyond wrestling w- in conjunction with WWR um, presents Heavy Light of the Crown. And we saw Megan Bain, who I feel is going to be the breakout star of 2022, where I feel like we're going to see, see and hear a lot more for, uh, from her. She defeated Trisha Dora. Next, we got J.D. Drake, who, dis- who uh, beat Slade. Slade is coming up on the losing end of two back-to-back matches, but he definitely kicks some ass here. Alec Price and it was next up, who who defended the Limitless Championship earlier in the night, who looked really good in his match against Adam Priest, looks real, real good again here against Ryan Galeon. Um, Tracy Williams and Wheeler's Yuta defeated the foundation of the combination of Rhett Titus and Jonathan Gresham. My friend, this was this was just fantastic. And mind you, I'm just going over the highlights of the weekend. And I really enjoyed this. At the, they, they counted down in the ring. They had the girls lined up. And in the main event, at the stroke of midnight, Masa Slamovich ended her longstanding feud with Kimberly and uh, defeats Kimber in a in a fans bring the weapon match. It was really really nice to see them get a countdown. Happy New Year! And these bitches got the fighting. And um, 
the weekend was not over. I don't know what happened. I didn't know. I don't know what happened this weekend, but there was supposed to be a show from Blitzkrieg Pro. It, it was called. It was supposed to be called Hair of the Dog, but I guess a bunch of people didn't make it to the event or something. So they had to change. They had to change stuff around, and they did a soft opening of Russell Open, the new wrestling show that's going to be on the IWTV channel, but um. Moving on, so they had to call, you know, they had to make some changes here at H2O. Um, as we know, as I mentioned on this program before several times, I am a huge fan of Matt Tremont's H2O, and this was a fucking awesome show here, man. And after that fucking classic last night, Masa Slamovich had another war with the hardcore legend Mickey Knuckles with Masa picking up the win. And what was supposed to be Kennedy Copeland and Matt Tremont taking on the Kirks, uh, Brandon, Brandon and his wife, um, in a barbed wire match, both of them had to pull out at the last second. And we saw Kennedy Copeland defeating Matt Tremont in a pretty brutal barbed wire match. And to close out the festival, which really gave me a good feeling that we're going to just have an excellent year of professional wrestling, um, Alex Price defended the, defended the Limitless Championship against J.D. Drake in an absolutely classic, classic, classic. These guys beat the shit out of each other, man. Great, 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 great stuff here. I think Alec Price is definitely a name I'm going to be saying a lot this year. And um, for the first time in a long time, that's a, uh, that's a slice of pizza without a whole bunch of blood talk, my friend. Hello. Come back. Uh, okay, I'll pick it back up there. CW next week. We got Reed Bentley. Reed Bentley challenge. Death Championship. He'll be taking out his friend in the Rejects and John Wayne Murdoch. That should be good. We got Hoodfoot taking on um, British British Deathmatch guy Big Fucking Joe. He's a funny guy because he wrestles in his underwear. That should be funny. Um, so we, what else we got on that? Sadika's going to be there. Uh, yeah, man. A whole bunch of blood next weekend. So that should be fucking cool. Uh, partner, you there?
Oh. Hey, folks. Sorry. Um, lost track of time. My bad. We're still on live air. And I um, I apologize, folks, for the dead air time that I spent. I, um, I, do, I do apologize. Okay. So back to reality. Back to life. Back to Pizza Simpson. Yeah, you dozed off there, pal. I'm sorry. It's been a long day, folks. Woke up at 3.30 in the morning. I'm sorry, folks. We'll just uh, fix that. Let's go on to our new segment of the show. Uh, We call it Hot and, uh, well, Cold. And the way this works is we will be – I will be giving lists of names. uh, I think my partner in crime thinks they're either – Hot or <clears throat> this little nice little addition to Wrestle Radio Network. Okay, and the way it works is we're just gonna have <clears throat> well this this one week. So Pizza Simpson right out the gate. Let me give you a list of two names in dual comparison. Is uh, Jake Cargill Hot or not? Hot. She is hot right now. She it's got she's got everything but being good at wrestling. So but that doesn't matter. She's hot right now. Okay, so what about in comparison though, her counterpart, I think, Bianca Belair. Dead in the water, brother. Cold. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> moving forward. Control. Um. Okay, moving on. Who's hot? Who's not? Uh, I'm going to do Edge and Christian. Is Edge considered hot or not? Cold. Anything working with the Miz is dead in the water. Christian. Cold, both of them dead in the water. All right. <laughs> All right, now let's see here. Okay, this is going to be a toughy one. Comparatively right. to Adam Cole and WWE. I really don't. Oh, okay, I can do this. Adam Cole, baby. Or Braun Breaker. So let's do Braun Breaker first because. We, we, you know, there's that potential, but Braun Breaker, is he hot or not right now? He's hot if we like it. Or, he's hot if we like it or not. <laughs> so I got a little uh, treat for y'all for that one. You know, it's in between or not so great. It's going to be. Uh... <laughs> Okay, let's see. Adam Cole, this is obvious to me. I think I'm going to take the reins on this one. So uh, I'm going to say he's uh, white hot. He's going to do, uh, do some damage, man, in the near future for AEW. Uh, can we say lukewarm? 
<laughs> I'm gonna go cold because it's just it's not that hot. It came in kind of. He came in at the same time as Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan has leaps and bounds overshadowed him with his match quality. So I'm gonna go cold. Cold. All right. Wow. That didn't even deserve the full ting ting ding 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 because yeah. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can find some. Okay, tag teams. Let's see, he's hot or not? Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Are they hot or are they not? Hot because they almost uh, Lucha almost broke or like destroyed Ray Phoenix's arm, and they won the tag titles. They're hot by default. Oh, okay, well, I, I'm just going to do this for fun, folks, because it's so great. It's so great. This is a kind of lukewarm, hot, uh, yeah, yeah. Now. Let's see. Otis and, uh, no, no, that's not a fair comparison. How about RK Bro? Hot or not? Not their stock has dropped. The Alpha the Alpha House is riding high, or the Alpha Academy is riding high. And after that match on Monday Night Raw, they showed that they are cold. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna speak like so. Female again, so this is the uh, they're both champions. So I'm gearing this towards uh, <laughs> Becky Lynch. Is she hot or is she not? Nah. I'm gonna I, I, I I'm gonna go not. It's just it, she's just kind of on cruise control, man. <laughs> I had to. I had to because Becky. It seems like she, yeah, she's on autopilot until outrageous further. Um, I think that it took a turn when Bianca Belair's match, you know, last you know SummerSlam, you, and then her match with Dewdrop. I, as I said, folks, I, I've told my partner time this. Okay, Royal Rumble literally has turned into a vacation and not an enjoyment. I mean, I will enjoy it. I will be on the floor, but. Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. I, I'm just going to go to the t-shirt stand and get me some souvenirs. Okay. And, you know, for that, I emit this. This. Okay, ah. <laughs> so if I can move forward down the list. Whoo, this is going to be fun. <clears throat> the Miz, hot or not. Not. He's just he's just just stagnant, just there, just floating along. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess you know, let's just uh keep on with the fun. Yeah, so again, Ms. I I love you to death, man, but I'm gonna use this fair comparison since it gets compared a lot. MJF, hot or not? Hot he is killing it right now, and he is building to a match that I want to see. 
Amen, Aphen, Amen. Can we get? I see. I'm just using this sound. I own sound like well now, because preach preachers. If you believe in the old-fashioned bad guy in professional wrestling, MJF is definitely showcasing that, folks. Um, so <clears throat> that's a that's a fun way for who's hot and who's not in professional wrestling currently mainstream. I mean, I know I could go further, but I, the list goes on and on. And I'll save some of those for next week. Which I'm enjoying the hell out of this. He says, Sorry for the snoring, folks. I, I snore like a freight train, my bad. <laughs> um, but it's just an honest segment. You know what? I, I think I'm going to do this to myself just, just because I, I deserve it. So. Yeah, <laughs> Dead air time's definitely not allowed, but it is allotted. Not really, because I can't. I can't with myself tonight. Um, so <laughs> to twenty twenty two. Wow. Um, what can we say? It's been interesting to say the least for both mainstream companies AEW and WWE. But I will touch on a few things tonight. So forgive my snoring. I digress. I ramble. I rant. Please give us off the rails. Please, please, pretty please. I mean, we're gonna, you know, do the same treatment for, you know, a slice of pizza. No, I mean, this is this is definitely spent. So this is the last last. I promise you, I will not, I will not be tangenty. I promise. Okay. Following content presented on this pro wrestling podcast, Wrestle Radio Network profile belongs to the owner Brian Rails. You do not, and I repeat. Do not have permission to copy, reproduce content from all episodes recorded and shared on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and, well, if we use it, Twitter. All content is protected by U.S. and international copyright laws. Reproduction and distribution without permission from the owner is strictly prohibited and can be punishable by law. Failure to comply will result in legal action taken. All rights reserved. Wrestle Radio Network 2022. Whew, that was a mouthful. And, uh, it, well, you know what? This is getting too fun. Yeah, that was a mouthful, right? That was a mouthful, folks. And, well, you know what? It's just... <laughs> okay. So, if we have anything, if I have anything to discuss with you all, is the following. Um... AEW is a great program. WWE has obviously been a long-standing company. However, I do believe some parts on both ends, one needs to tighten up on booking, the other needs to really get a new team of writers, fire some people, hire some people, clean the slate, let's go, this is 2022. So, folks, I've watched WWE programming for the longest time. I was completely biased last year, and mainly was known as the WWE guy. I was uh, introduced to the idea of that we must be fair and must watch other programming. I didn't really want to give AEW a chance since its inception in 2019. I, I want to say, let's start off with WWE. 
it is a holy mess over there, uh, considering the fact that they are there are bright spots, there are you know dismal spots, and then there's just the what the fuck spots, you know. And what the fuck's about meaning, like, why in the bluest of all hells do we continuously want to harp on certain, you know, superstars that have already been showcased as champions, a.k.a. Charlotte Flair, Roman Reigns, I don't mind, because that dude's actually working his ass off to give the fans a brand new take on them, wanting them to be healed, well, you got it. Um, Big E, I believe, is getting the shaft, and that's not fair to him. Um, as far as programming as NXT on SmackDown, come on, man. I really feel like WWE can pick up the slack and do much better. Also, if I'm talking about superstars that are losing ground with the audience, Becky's still getting pops as a heel, which is kind of odd. But Becky Lynch is definitely losing steam. Charlotte Flair losing steam. That kind of opens the door for Bailey, and when her in-ring return is set to return, and it's really sad that we're waiting on that, but, you know, give the, give the fans a new look. Um, as far as quality goes, WWE has their moments, you know, with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Big E. It's not all that. Um, but I do want to point out some things. When you have cheesy writing that sounds like somebody actually sat down and said, this would sound real. Quit being fucking disingenuous with your shit and just go organic so that the audience can relate to your product. Also, to close things up in WWE talk, I'm going to say the following. It is a chore to watch some of your shows because NXT, he used to be the show where everyone would go to because it had a voice. Mauro Ranello, please, for the love of all that is good and decent, come back. Because Vic Joseph, I applaud him for trying, but dear wrestling gods in heaven, it is hard to get through NXT while Vic Joseph is doing the play-by-play and Wade Barrett takes forever to make a fucking point like some of my tangents. <laughs> so yes to close that up i'm gonna say wwe has potential it's like my football team who got screwed sideways tonight it has potential to be great but it's gonna it can only get better that's all i'm gonna leave it leave you with with wwe moving on to aew so aew's got a good thing going uh I will point out, you know, it's weird hearing the phrase interim champion with Sammy Guevara. Uh, That's so weird to me. Daniel Garcia, wow, is surprising. Uh, A part of me sometimes feels, though, that AEW's booking system could be a lot better simply because when you do a wrestling show, and I've said this many times, when you the wrestling show, please understand that there are those of us who know a little bit how this works. You want a wrestling show to be like a concert. You want your opening band to set the tone for the main attraction like at Rockfest or at a Freaker's Ball. You want, you want it to be 
You want your first moment of the show not to be your main event, like, for example, Brian Danielson, Hangman Page, because the rest of the night is going to be completely shot because you just dredged up so much emotion with all the talent you had with, not all the talent, because AEW is full of talent, don't get me wrong, but with the main event first match, that's very hard to fill time on network television because you then set the tone for how are we going to follow up that? That's not supposed to be the curtain jerk. That's not supposed to be the way you set your matches up. In other words, Tony Khan needs to adhere to quality over quantity, and that means please understand how to let someone else take the reins. I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for doing this or saying this. You have Dean Malenko. You have Billy Gunn. You have Art Anderson. You have gentlemen that have creative experience working with other wrestlers. Tony Khan's just a, um, a smart billionaire who was fed with a silver spoon from daddy who owned the Jacksonville Jaguars and is more concerned about ratings than he is actual product. In some regards. So, yes, AEW definitely has the talent. But what I'm concerned with is if you're going to give the fans a main event in their first match and then have wiki-wacky booking the rest of the match or the rest of the night, how does that you know, how does that last, how does that last you? Also, another thing I want to touch on, you have a show called Elevation and uh, Elevation Dark. That's basically showcasing all these cats from the Indies and big names, and they're either in squash matches or matches that don't matter. Also, uh, talking about shows that don't really hold precedent, you have Rampage, which my partner in crime, I'm going to steal this one from you, buddy. He... He's brought up a good point. It's like WCW worldwide in the worst way. Rampage needs to have an emphasis on it, put a stamp on it, to make it a show worth watching. Otherwise, it feels like WCW worldwide and WCW Thunder because, yes, it, it feels time. Yes, it gives you a, a sneak peek into what's going on. Yes, it's one big giant tease. Um, but I feel personally that it could be better. It could be way better because AEW has the tools. Um, just, there's just way too many guys. There's just way too many guys and gals on your roster, man, or your entire freaking show. And it means that if you're going to do Elevation Dark, include a big name, have them work a guy, work him to the best of their ability, do whatever you want, but please understand something. You are literally saying we have all these people. We use people that you. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this one more time. But you're basically making the guys who work and gals who work Elevation Dark to be like charity cases. Mic drop. And. You know, in regards to your talent on the show, there's one thing I want to touch base with also. Luchasaurus needs to be heavily guided. You know, have somebody say, okay, in this point in your match, you will do this. 
Safety is everything, folks. Uh, when he wrestled and hit that dive off the, you know, onto the table, he didn't look where you fucking sat, dude, on the bump. And if I was the guy that took what you did, uh, to me personally, when that arm healed, I'll be beating the ever-living shit out of your ass. Just saying. When you train in professional wrestling and you don't look, when you jump off the buckle onto a table, it doesn't matter if, oh, he hit it perfectly. No, dude, you got to look where you land, please. You can't just do, oh, this move sounds cool. I'm going to try it in the ring. Safety, safety, safety. Please understand, I know that you're on TV and I'm not, and others are not, and we tend to criticize as fans, but, dude, um, let me explain this. As best I can. I'm not a well-known. I am a fan that tried this thing called wrestling. And when I see other guys screw up, I don't say much because, well, I'm not in your position. But at this point, you know, yes, one mistake's not going to define your career. But please, please understand that if you do something and you have full conviction while doing a move... Please take care of the other guy on the other end. Because if you don't, you're going to get the reputation of being that asshole. Just saying. Jungle Boy, you know, is good skill. But Luchasaurus, come on, man. Just, Just work on making sure that when you complete, or, or not complete, let me rephrase this. When you're about to do a move that you think is cool, think about how it's going to feel first and then look last because judgment. Just have that snap judgment skill. You don't, brother. I'm going to be – I lied. Brother, you don't have any judgment skill whatsoever in your pockets and in your shorts and in your briefs. Mic drop. Because, like, honestly, Luchasaurus is a big dude and he does cruiserweight like moves. It just, he's one of those guys, oh, hey, brother, uh, we're going to try this and we're going to do the comeback. Uh, it's going to look something like this. Sorry for the bad Braun Strowman imitation. I don't think that's how Luchasaurus sounds. I don't know how the fucker sounds backstage, but I'm just going to say be safe, okay? And take care of the other dude. That's all. Um, to wrap this up, it's one of the bright spots for AEW that I noticed. I want to point out um, Malachi Black. Wow, dude! Even transitioning from Aleister Black to Malachi Black, dude is a freaking genius. Promo wise, uh, gimmick wise, the dude always comes in. He has presence about him. I think he's the most underrated star right now in AEW because all the focus seems to be on Sammy Guevara, Cody Rhodes, kind of, sort of. The MJF has gotten white hot, you know, with all the heat he's getting, you know, Wardlow and Sean Spears, you waste of space. And yes, I said waste of space because you always have been a waste of space when it comes to utilizing you how but let me, let me focus on the good, okay? This is 2022. This is not the Brian Rails of old. So allow me to 
Malachi Black, let's expand on that. Dude is most underrated talent when all the focus is on MJF or CM Punk or Darby Allen and Sting and Arn Anderson and his tag team, Brock Anderson and God, I forget his partner's name. I'm bad. Um, yes, FTR is a great tag team. I, I completely, you know, forgot about them too. They're underrated and well, they're not forgotten about because look what they've done in 2021 and carried over into 2022. So, anyways, I believe in the near future, not now because it's not lined up, but Malachi Black will definitely be a great fit to be a new number one contender in the near future after Lance Archer and Hangman Page get done. I definitely want to see Alakai Black take that title. And that, you know, it, it it depends on what you what your cup of tea is. My cup of tea is uh, Malachi Black, and I'm really high on him. I do love MJF. I do think that CM Punk and him have a great thing going. Keep it up. To finish this off, I'm going to end this with this. This is a message directly... Um, Towards uh, what both companies are doing You guys are good You're not Well one company is absolutely Mopping the floor in ratings But that's not the point All you have to remember is Entertain The masses But do you know Keep it simple stupid Don't overcomplicate. Don't get caught up in uh, We have better ratings uh, just entertain us, man. Keep us out of this, you know, funk that we're currently in around the world. Just give us a distraction. It's give us a healthy distraction. And uh, I believe my partner in crime is off air, but uh, that'll wrap things up for Off the Rails Uncensored. If you'd like to give us a shout do so on Russell underscore radio on the, on the gram and on Twitter. We will be reconstructing the Russell Radio Network page. So give us a follow for now at underscore Brian Rails. And that'll do it, folks, for tonight. Apologize for falling asleep. But uh, thank you for joining us here at Russell Radio Network. Uh, Godspeed, God bless. And uh, let's do this thing called Professional Wrestling Man. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Reels or Pizza Simpson had to say, I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. We got to get some beauty sleep. All right. I don't know about you. Maestro, hit my music before I go on tangents. The cultural personality. The cultural personality.